Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Columbia, all over Western Australia, there's people in Indigenous communities right up in the north of Western Australia that are a part of this service this morning. So hi to you all. And when I see all that now, I've got to be honest, I know lots of you in this church, you're used to me being excited. And you can kind of go, well, he's always like that. But I got to tell you in my heart, when I come to pray, I'm writing down like never before some of the vision that God has put in our heart for things that we're going to do that we will continue to unpack over the next couple of months. Things in hope where I believe we can do some unusual things. I'd never heard of a church doing them before but I believe that God's got some great things in store for us to be able to do and to be a part of that. So stay uh, in line with that. Why don't you stay ready for that? Of course, a big part of our, our world here and our year here at Metro is what we call Destiny Offering. I don't think it had a name the first year. But then the second year, I realised that it was actually about the destiny God had for our church. So we started calling it that. And simply it's this, that we all get together for a couple of weeks, usually in the middle of the year, this year is a little bit later, and we pray and we ask God to speak to us and to give us a figure that He would like us to commit to giving over the next normally 12 months. This year will just be 10, right through to June 30 next year. And uh, so many people have told me amazing stories about the blessing of God. But I want you to know it's more than just about you getting blessed. It's actually about what we as a church are able to do, about the vision that gets fulfilled because people stretch, people believe and people commit. You know, I woke up this morning, I think it was. Well, I definitely woke up this morning. That's pretty obvious. But I woke up with this and uh, I've always got pen and paper beside my bed and my wife is used to me either turning the light on or, you know, getting the phone and putting it under the covers and, you know, typing myself a little note or something or other. And I wrote down this down. I want to give it to you as we, before we pray for Destiny Offering. These are unusual times. But the spirit of faith, of vision and commitment is unchanged. I believe that's a word from God for our church right now. Next Sunday morning and night, and then on the 9th morning and night, we'll take time in each one of those services. If you're in the building, there'll be a commitment card for you on the seat so you can fill it in. If you're online, I'm going to be doing ours online next Sunday morning. You can simply go to the website. It's on the homepage. Just scroll down a little bit, Destiny Offering. Click there. Anyway, we'll tell you all about that next week. And by the way, if you do it online, A, it's safe. B, your commitment goes only to our our business manager, Tisa, and she sees that. I won't see it. You can do it in complete confidence and it's going to be great, all right? So let's get ready, Metro. Come on. And Metro Church Online, let's pray. Let's be asking the Holy Spirit. And every year, Ron and I do the same. We've got a track record of every year significant giving. But we don't go, well, last year we did that, so what about this? Every year we pray and say, Lord, what do you want us to do? Because we believe we can do what you tell us. 
in Jesus' Name. Father, I pray for every person, both here in the building and those that are a part of this service in somewhere around this great planet called Earth. God, Your dream is a great one. Your plan is extraordinary. You've put the church in the earth, Lord, so that we can help bring good news to lives all around. So God, I pray that You'll speak clearly. Let none of us, Lord, be wondering what You want. Speak clearly to us, Lord. And along with it will come faith to see You make it happen. We thank You for that in the Name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you as you pray and stay with us on that. It's going to be exciting. And I'm looking forward to all the things that are going to unfold over the next 10 months or so. Thank you to everyone who's been a part of Destiny Offering Giving for so long. You're amazing. By the way, tonight I'm speaking on joy cometh. I really feel like there's not too much joy getting talked about. And I'm going to speak on it. I'm going to tell you about the six most well-known movies that ended differently to the way it was planned. Because I believe that God wants to end your life differently to the way it was planned. So that'll be tonight. Anyhow, it'll be great. Let's go to the Scripture this morning. Genesis chapter 39 verse 1 is where we're going to begin. I'm speaking to you this morning on the God who prepares. Genesis 39 1 tells us about a dark day in a young man's life. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now, in case there's someone who's not familiar with all the story, maybe you don't remember the beginning of it. Joseph is the favourite and spoiled son of Jacob. And Joseph's got big dreams for his life. Dreams that involve his brothers that are all older than him, serving him, and they resent it. They resent it so much that at one point they planned to kill him. Then at the last minute, a change of heart from Reuben, the eldest brother, says, how about we don't uh, kill him. They see a band of Ishmaelite slave traders and their whole caravan of camels off in the distance. And Reuben gets an idea. He says, let's not kill him. That'd be uh, a step too far. Let's sell him to those guys. One of them flags down the Ishmaelites. They go and they drag Joseph out of the pit into which they've thrown him, drag him out of there. He's protesting. I don't know whether they knock him out, gag him or what but they negotiate a fee with the Ishmaelite traders. And then they watch their son, the one they resent so much, being dragged off in chains off to a land that's so far away. There's no air travel, there's no FaceTime, there's no visiting of any kind. And no doubt to Joseph, the favourite son who sat at home being a dreamer, no doubt it feels to him like the worst day ever. But this morning, I want you to hear several things. And the first of them is so important. And I pray that each one of us, this will be driven into our heart like a burning ember from the Holy Spirit. I pray that inside of you, 
regardless of what's happening. I I wanna capture your mind for a minute from the news and from the Twitter feed and from all that you see on social media and from all the opinion and all the discussion. I want you for a moment this morning to allow to come into your mind this great thought from God is that the God who prepares is never taken by surprise by your worst days. The God who prepares is never taken by surprise by what's happening, by all the disaster or the despair or by all the evil things that can be happening around about. Do you know that of all the people that were at the slave auction that day that could have bought this young man, a farmer could have bought him and taken him off to some rural area. It could have been, you know, a, a stonemason who just wanted cheap labour and bought this young man. But out of everybody that could have bought him, you go, how can anything good come out of such an evil act? And yet the God who prepares, well, He's there regardless and it's Potiphar. You go, well, why does that matter? Oh, it matters so much to this story. If he'd been bought by the farmer then and the story had unfolded the same, then I can only imagine that Joseph would have vanished another anonymous forgotten Hebrew boy who was simply cheap labour and forgotten. But because Potiphar buys him and because Potiphar is one of the elite and it's not long before this man who is used to leadership He's used to authority and he sees something on the life of this young man that is different to every other slave and every other employee. Genesis 39 verse 2. The next verse says, And the Lord was with Joseph. Don't you find that incredible? I do. I find it amazing that in my worst day, God says, I'm with you. In the day when I feel like, are you kidding me? God says, no, I'm there. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. He's a slave, but God says, that's a success when I'm with you. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favour in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. Somebody here today needs to know that truth, that the Lord is with you. The God who prepares is with you in your worst days. But yet, Potiphar is away a lot. And so his wife, being lonely, I guess, or maybe she just had a problem, she tries to seduce Joseph. But see, Joseph's not just a dreamer. He's not just a wonderful son to his dad. There is something different. Can you not tell when you meet someone whose inner values so drive their life that they are not moved by popular opinion. They're not moved by the crowd. They, they literally march to the beat of a different drummer. And Joseph is a godly young man. 
He's not living according to what everyone says everyone else does. He's not living according to whatever the latest survey tells us is the morality. This young man lives a different life. And so he rejects her overtones. And as a result of that, is cast into prison. And again, we go, worse? How could it be worse? But the God who prepares is not taken by surprise by your worst days. The God who prepares is with you in your worst days. And thirdly, nothing's wasted by the God who prepares. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, All things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. You know, I think about this because there's so much chatter and so much noise and sometimes you've got to turn it off and go back and go, but God, but God, but God, the whole of this book is not a book about rules. It's not a book about procedures. It's not even a book about behaviours. The whole of this book is about one thing, is that there is an eternal supernatural God who wants to be with people. He wants to be with you. And you may be broken, but He wants to be with you. And you may be rebellious, but He wants to be with you. And you may be far away from Him, but He wants to be with you. And you may never have known Him, but He wants to be with you. And you may be lost, but He wants to be with you. You might be confused, but He wants to be with you. You might be wondering and asking all kinds of questions. But the God of this book says this, that for God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but should have everlasting life. That's not heaven when you die. That life starts the moment you say your yes to Jesus Christ. And I want you to know today that nothing is wasted by the God who prepares. Your slavery is not wasted. Your jail time is not wasted. How can such a thing be? Well, it could not be, except that there is a God who watches over all of our lives. There is a heavenly Father who's right there. And oh yes, the world's taken by surprise, but not our God. Genesis chapter 39, verse 20, same chapter, says this, Then Joseph's master, Potiphar, hearing the story from his wife, as she unjustly accuses this young man, says, He tried to attack me. But Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. I told you it mattered who Potiphar was, that he's one of the elite, because it says he put him into a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. I want you to realise this morning that this never felt like preparation. It felt like abandonment. It felt like unfairness. It felt like despair, perhaps. It certainly felt like none of this ought to be happening to me. But nothing is wasted by the God who prepares. I want you to get this. I believe that this morning, well, every message I trust is a word from God, but today I feel that there are people a part of this service and God wants to drive this home to your life because you've been wondering and you've been pushed to and fro by all the 
contrary winds that are coming in your way, the circumstances, the job situation, what's happening in the family. And you begun to wonder whether God's, you know, forgotten who you are and where you are. And God sent me this morning to give you this, to drive it home into your heart so that you walk out of here, walk into your workplace or into your community or wherever you are and say, I know that nothing's wasted by the God who prepares. So now Joseph is not in a pit and he's not in Potiphar's house. Now he's in prison, verse 21. But the Lord. Oh, I wish I could stop for about a half an hour and just speak on those three words. But the Lord. I think often about but the Lord. I remember when I was 19 years old, wondering about whether God was truly real or not and walking into a, a conference held by a denomination that I had no respect for, really. And it certainly had, was not warm towards. And I remember walking in there and feeling the presence of God in the worship. Why have we all the way through the pandemic had live worship every single service? Why have we done that? It's because I believe that there's something that happens to people. It's not just the preaching and it's not just the fellowship, but there's something in the presence of God that God Himself sits in it and visits on it and touches lives through it. And so it didn't feel like preparation. It felt like abandonment. But here's the deal. Get this. The God who prepares is always preparing me. The God who prepares is preparing me. I want you to know this morning, it may not feel like it. There may be nothing in your heart that enjoys where you are. But I believe with all of my heart, the God who prepares is preparing me. I look back over the last four or five months, is it now? I look back and I go, now I know why this church has got so many nationalities in it. As we get ready to start Metro church online connect groups in Albanian and Telugu in Italian and all these other things and all different kinds of backgrounds and spaces. I look back and I understand why Yes Text was a, more than just a good idea. You know, this last week, eight people said yes to Jesus as a result of what was happening online. And I love the fact that they, do you know that now in Yes Text Online, there's 30 days of Scripture and prayer. Then there's mini series that go for another 520 days. That's 550 days of discipleship. That's a year and a half plus a bit. I don't know too many churches that disciple someone every day for a year and a half. But that beautiful idea, our discipleship course online, all these things that are now happening. Why? Because we were being prepared for something that we had no idea of. My wife said to me this morning on the way in, she said, none of us saw this coming. Nobody saw it happening. But the God who prepares is preparing us. And so that makes me wonder whether Whatever's happening now, because there's a second wave, not a wave of a virus, but a second wave of anxiety, a second wave of fear, 
a second way of, oh me, oh my, what's going to happen? And I'm here to tell you today that regardless of what's going on in that space, the God who prepares is preparing you. And you have no idea, just as Joseph could not have predicted or written out the way it was going to look, but it was still in preparation. And Joseph the dreamer, I want you to get this. Stay with me a minute. Joseph the dreamer learns management, leadership and strategy. We know the rest of the story. He comes out of jail because none of Pharaoh's magicians or prophets are able to reveal what the dream is about until the king's cupbearer says, I remember two years ago when you put me in jail, a young Hebrew man that had risen to leadership in the prison, he interpreted the mystical dream I had. Pharaoh says, go get him. And so Joseph wearing his prison garb, garb is hastily dragged out and he's showered and shaved and he's coiffed and uh, arrayed in a garment fit to be bought in front of the ruler of the known world. And so Joseph comes out there and all he's asked to do is interpret the dream. That's all Pharaoh says. Tell me what the dream means. Now, if you go back and read the story in Genesis 41, you'll discover that Joseph did not do what Pharaoh said. Joseph the dreamer, the man with the gift, he interprets the dream for Pharaoh, but then he adds this in. It says this in Genesis 41 verse 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select. That's not part of the prophecy. Let him select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. That wasn't a part of the gift. That's not the dream talking. That's the strategic thinker talking. And what he learned in his worst days now becomes the key to his best days. All the things that we regard as, well, I'm here, I may as well. And God says, you know what? Your accidents are not my lack of intention. What you consider an accident, God says, I have a purpose for that. What he learned in his worst days, that leadership, that administration, that strategy, all the things he learned there now propel him out of the realm of I've got a gift into the realm of influence and impact. Listen, never dismiss your time of preparation. I'm convinced that most of us have no idea what's going on, even the Christians. Because the Scripture says we see through a glass darkly. Huh? How many times do you say, oh, I, I just don't know? Huh? I have no idea what's going on. I haven't got a clue. Oh, I haven't got any idea. And we say that because it's our perspective. And thank God the God who prepares goes, you know what? You think it's an accident. I'm calling it purpose. You think you've missed it. You think your destiny's passed you by, but I've just been getting you ready for it. What he learned in his worst days. Do you know that the God who prepares overlooks nothing? He doesn't miss bits out. If you read Genesis chapter 46, verse 29, 
Joseph is now ruler over all of Egypt and his brothers have come back because the famine is in the land where they are and they don't recognise him and the whole thing and it all gets unpacked. Let's pick it up in verse 29. So Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel or Jacob. And he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel, Jacob, said to Joseph, Now let me die. I've seen your face because you're still alive. And I think about the great mercy and grace of God that doesn't go, Joseph, you should just be glad you're out of jail. You should just be happy you now live in a palace instead of a pet. Joseph, you should just be happy that now you can go freely wherever you want. But see, the God who overlooks nothing says, I'm going to bring your father back to you. I'm going to reunite you. Can you imagine? I just imagine the first dinner table where Jacob, Israel, is sitting around with all the brothers and he's saying, so tell me the story about the wild animal killing my son again. Because that's what I would have done. Maybe I'm just, maybe just need a bit more saved. The God who prepares says this, look at what I will do with your worst days. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, I hasn't seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, 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 prepared for those who love Him. Let me tell you what God's best day is. We've heard about Joseph's worst day and then we see the best day coming. Let me tell you what God's best day is. God's best day looks like this, Luke 15, verse 7. Jesus said, Count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 people in no need of rescue. God's best day looks like this. Yes text. Someone sitting at home or in their workplace or a part of the service, some other time zone, some other location. And they're touched by the Holy Spirit because it's not responding out of an emotion but it's out of a revelation of who God is and what He wants to do. And they simply text yes to 488 or if they're outside of Australia or rather get it by email, they go to yes.metrochurch.org.au and they send in three letters. Why yes? And I don't know their name. I still don't know their names. Some people I've met later because they've said to me, I, we baptised people that said, I came through yes text. And I've had several of them say to me, and every day it was like God was speaking to me. Listen, don't think what you're a part of is insignificant or small. What you're a part of is impacting not only just individuals, but the ripples of that go out all over so many lives in so many places. Never think that speaking to one won't really count for much. Philip spoke to the Ethiopian eunuch, a man who, who, whose line was going to die out for sure. But he goes back to Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, and today Ethiopian is 86% Christian because one man spoke to one. God's best day looks like this. God's best day looks like you saying yes to Jesus. That's the best day. And the whole of heaven erupts in the gigantic party. Why? Because you say yes. You go, really? 
Does God even know I'm here? Oh, He's waiting for you. Come on. I'm going to pray with people right now, wherever you are. I trust you'll say yes either right now or in the coming days you'll say yes, Jesus. I'm going to follow you. I promise you this. Well, I can't promise what your journey is going to look like. I know for me there's been some difficult days, some challenging times. But there's never been a day, ever, not once, never been a day where I said, I wish I hadn't done that. Every day I've been glad. No matter what the doctor said or the bank manager said or friends said or somebody else did, every single day to wake up going, you're with me, Lord. That's a joy. Heavenly Father, help people in this place right now. Help people that are a part of this service, wherever they are. Oh God, you love people so much. And you prepared something for us to walk in. There's a brand new life. You've got it ready. It comes ready made. We step in with yes. We start walking in immediately. We don't earn it. We don't grow it. We don't build it. We don't have to make it happen. We don't have to prove something. We simply say yes. and We step into what you prepared that eye hasn't seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man. It's so great we can't imagine it. Thank You, Lord, for those that are going to say yes. Thank You for those that will go back and they'll be a part of this service at a later time and know that right now You're speaking to them. You've got something for them. Lord, I pray for people that are a part of this service that have felt like, what's going on? God, would You help us? know the day of our visitation. Would You help us, Lord, to look with fresh eyes and say, Lord, You're preparing me. You're preparing me for something wonderful and something great. I'm going to follow You with the best and to the greatest strength I can bring to it in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Thank You for that. And by the way, you know, uh, Pastor Bruce said to me the other day, he said, why don't we ask people if they want it, they can send us their first name along with their yes text. So that when we're praying for you, it'd be just great to be able to go, yeah, we're praying for that. It's not required at all. Uh, We're not trying to discover you. Uh, We simply want to be able to pray more intelligently, I guess, uh, for you. So God bless you as you do that. I've asked the team to come back. Please come, team, Dr. Ruby, Dr. Lara. Dr. Amanda is Dr. Lizzie over here. You're going to be a doctor when you finish all this? No. I want us to sing together this song and then Pastor Bruce will come. I felt like there was such a shout. There's a verse in Numbers 23 where Balaam, who's a false prophet, he sees stuff, but he's not living for God. And uh, a foreign king gets him and says, I know you've got power. I want you to curse Israel. So he goes up onto a mountain. He looks at them all. And, he, and he's getting ready to do it. And then he turns to the king and says, I can't curse them. He said, these people, now watch this, because they're led by, by Moses. There's no, there's no hierarchy apart from that. And he says, the shout of a king is in the midst of them. And yet they don't have a king. So who's the king? Who was shouting in the midst of Israel? I'll tell you who it was. It was the Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour who's there in the midst. 
saying, I'm going to lift up a shout on your behalf. Come on, let's, if you're in the building, stand with me. If you're at home, stand with me. Let's sing this song before Pastor Bruce comes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen, amen. Hey, look, it's been a lot of fun being with you and Metro Church and Metro Church Online. God bless you wherever you are, whatever you got on your plate this week. I pray God will go with you. Understand, know this. Tell someone before you leave today, I'm being prepared for something. God bless you.